Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins Hockey Talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a patreon member to be eligible for weekly boston hockey prizes and monthly boston bruins hand signed jersey giveaways please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate just one dollar per episode many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show Bruins fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 276, and I'm your host, Mark Allred. Alongside me is uh, co-host Dominic Tiano. Dom, what's going on, man? Hey, not much, buddy, not much. Uh, seems like forever since we talked hockey, and it's only been a couple of days. That's how much is going on. I know. I love the background. We got Brandon Bussy back there, the new AHL Bruins goaltender who's on a, a bit of a streak. We'll talk about that later. But before that, let's hear from our friend Kevin O'Keefe. Kevin, what's up, buddy? Not too much, man. Just uh, 
excited about last night's game and um, excited about talking hockey with you boys. And I'm doing a little bit better than Dom here, who was chasing around an imaginary monkey earlier. So <laughs> no one's going to get that one, but nobody understand it. All right. Uh, before we get to the uh, Boston Bruins hockey talk, let's hear from show sponsor betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline.ag continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the start of the Major League Baseball season is finally here. BetOnline.ag is a continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head over to the betonline.ag official website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag. It's where the game starts. And as every week, you heard myself talk about the amazing folks at betonline.ag. Fantastic place to place all your wages uh, from all kinds of sports that are going on right now. Hockey, uh, uh, baseball, basketball playoffs, hockey playoffs are coming up. Golf is still going on. And obviously in the fall, football comes around for you uh, pigskin fanatics. So get on board and use that code CLNS50 if you would. We'd certainly appreciate it because it does help us pay some of the bills around here. Um, All right, let's get going. Um, The Bruins come off a three-game losing streak uh, to beat Pittsburgh on Saturday 2-1, have two days off, and then beat St. Louis Blues on the road 3-2 in overtime last night is a solid response after a tough week against Washington, St. Louis, and Ottawa. Um, let's not, like, you know, get all bent out of shape about the, the three games that they lost and how they looked, but I mine is the recovery against two decent teams most recently. And um, where what we have seen from this Boston Bruins club that is – not with certain members of the team, especially uh, a, a prolific goal scorer like David Pasenak and a, an unbelievable blue liner like uh, Hampus Lindholm. So, um, you know, if you want to jump into what you've seen from both sides, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I'd love to hear what we're seeing now. And can it stay consistent? I think now, for me, it's about seeing what we saw. It, it's uh, 20 players uh, no matter who they are, committed to the system, uh, trying to execute the system for 60 full minutes and extra time if necessary. Uh, no more injuries. Work towards getting Allmark and, and Pasternak and Lindholm healthy and uh, trying to find some chemistry between uh, not so much the forwards because they're pretty much set, but but defensive pairings beyond uh, Lindholm and McAvoy. And and I think that's what the, what the remaining half dozen games have to be about. Good enough, and you do those things good enough, moving up the standings will take care of itself. Um, it's not really something that they should be looking to achieve, uh, but it's about getting into the playoffs hot, playing at the top of your game and playing it for a full 60 minute effort. 
When you look at this team, I mean, I've said it all season there, you know, they, they've been up and down, but ever since January 1st, this team has definitely came into their own. Um, they have one of the best, one of the best, um, you know, records in hockey to this point um, since January 1st. And I mean, every team in the league has gone through these, you know, these slumps. It's just, it's hitting the Bruins at a time where you'd rather not see that. And for me, I just, I think last night's game, which I'm sure we'll get into, I think last night's game was a good showing for this team to bounce back a bit. Uh, Cause they had their, fir- like, you know, they had their first, their first thir- uh, three game losing streak of the entire season. And they were the last team to go through that. I mean, everyone's gone through it. If you think about it, I mean, every team, that you're scared of, you know, not you particularly, but, you know, just Bruins fans in general, um, you know, they've all gone through it and now you're going through it. And uh, last night was a good game to bounce back. And I'm looking forward to see what they do leading into tomorrow night against Pittsburgh. Let me, can I throw a stat at you? Sorry, Kevin. Let me throw a stat at you. People love, people love the stats. We got to, it yeah, really better. emphasizes what Kevin is talking about. So in the last 13 games, 1, 11, and 1. Guess what team that is? Tampa. I mean, sorry, 1, 11, and 1 versus playoff teams. Tampa. Correct. Carolina. Oh, all right, never mind. That's Tampa. 1, 11, and 1 in their last 13 games against playoff teams. Which yeah, they're on a real slide. Yeah, which team would you rather be right now? Yeah, exactly. I um, would rather play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was saying. You guys take advantage of that. Absolutely. What's funny, too, is I said this, like, I think a little over a month ago. I remember we were talking about this stuff, and I said, I would love to play Tampa first round. I would love to do it. Just get them out of the way. Get a big, you know, big pump up from that if you were to win it. Um, that would be a fun series. I think this would be the year the Bruins would uh, be able to handle them for sure. Yeah, and and I've, I'm going back to our um, preseason predictions when Heather was on the program and we were doing it, and I said, you know, the, the Florida Panthers would be the first, uh, the Bruins would be second in the Atlantic, um, Tampa Bay would be uh, third, and Toronto would be fourth or, or first wild card. And it's kind of almost sort of coming to fruition right now, but it's got to do some rossage. I mean, uh, some uh, standings juggling, but it almost looks like the same as I kind of predicted. And I also said back then that this is going to be a, a, a very interesting season for the Tampa Lightning, who have not played full years and won two championships in a row. And when they did play a full season, they got swept by the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets. So it's going to be interesting on what team we see from them as the uh, as the postseason turns and the regular season ends, um, which is not far away. I think if it stays the way that it is right now and Tampa plays Toronto, I think Toronto will win that series. I think so, too. But the one thing about Tampa is they weren't two full seasons, Mark. The, but they played a hell of a lot of hockey. Right, they won right. two Stanley Cups well within the calendar year, year, and that's never been done before. Right. Um, so, I, but you know what? If, if you look at the remaining schedule, I, I think Kevin's right. It's, it'll probably finish in the order that 
they're in now. But I don't know, man. I, I think we're guaranteed to that Florida is locked in first. That's not going to change. Mm -hmm. And Toronto is pretty much locked in in second place. That's not going to change. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just I, – I don't I, I don't want to play Toronto. I really don't because I just have a bad feeling about it. I just yeah. – I mean, not that – not because I think that, you know, Toronto is the best team in the conference or anything like that, but, <clears throat> you know, a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. I think that this blind squirrel is about to get a nut regardless of who they play. And I'm, I don't want it to be the Boston Bruins. I really don't. Okay, I can, so if, it, if it's not Toronto, it's either Carolina or the Rangers. Right. Right yeah. now, I'd rather be Carolina than the Take, Rangers. Taking the Freddie Anderson uh, scenario right out of it, aren't you? Well, not well. for me, it's more Shesterkin. He scares the crap out of me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that guy can steal a series. I mean, I, yeah, that one worries me. For me, right, I mean, it's funny because going back a month ago or so, I mean, you would never have heard me say, like, yeah, give me Carolina. But right now I'm saying give me Carolina. Anyway, let's get back on track. In St. Louis, the Boston Bruins were on the road and uh, against a team that beat them last week pretty pretty good and um, definitely got rep retribution on this night or last night. Um, the Bruins beat up on – well, not beat up. I mean, it was a very interesting game back and forth. Um, and the, the Bruins late in the period give up another goal, which is, which is kind of concerning when you're going into the period and you, you need some rest and you, you, they put that pressure right on you. So, uh, but it, I thought it was a real good back and forth game, very playoff stylish, but a lot better than the four to two, um, you know, beating that the, uh, the blues gave us uh, last week. Yeah, what was St. Louis on a 13 game unbeaten streak or, or something? Yeah, yep. uh, at least a nine game winning streak that I know yeah. of. And the key to that is, it, yeah, I think it was nine game winning streak. So in those nine games, they had scored over four goals per game. Wow. Jeez. So the Bruins were able to lock them down. And that's without Lindholm in the lineup. They so were defensively they, sound. They yeah. were. They were good. I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin. Were you impressed with the first period? Because I wasn't. I mean, I was kind of whatever about it, to be honest. I didn't think it was so atrocious, but I also didn't think that they were, you know, good enough, if that makes sense. It was yeah. kind of like a whatever period for me. Yeah. But the second and third, uh, they were able to lock, lock down one of the high-flying teams in the National Hockey League as of late. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and if we can get that down to a consistent 60-minute effort, this team could be very, very explosive in the playoffs. But, you know, it remains to be seen with uh, six games to go and how they do because they are going to be playing teams that are out of the playoffs that are going to want to play a bit of a spoiler. They're not going to take us out of the playoffs, but they're just going to be that team that has nothing to prove. But, you know, hey, we beat a playoff team, but – Mm -hmm. and we got the, the Rangers on Saturday, which I'm, I'm stoked I'm going to be there with Thomas Nystrom and Nick Busa and Jared uh, Martin and uh, Montreal on, on Saturday. And, Sunday. Uh, Sunday. Sunday, sorry. But then it, it, gets, it gets crazy. You start seeing a, a Florida Panthers team come into TD Garden on Tuesday. And they got Buffalo, which can play a, a, that spoiler type of role, and then Toronto to end the, uh, the end of the year, basically. 
hopefully the um the last two wins give these guys motivation to like really take advantage of what's what they have here. I'm not totally sure that they can catch the uh the Toronto Maple Leafs right now who are no, eight Dom. points ahead or nine points ahead. So I have to nine agree points. with Dom on that. Yeah, they got nine the Bruins have ninety nine and then the first wild card spot and and uh Toronto has one oh nine. One oh eight. One oh eight. Oh man. That that uh that happened quick. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. It really is. Um, I mean, out of the games remaining, um, I could totally. See, I, I I think they'll lose the Toronto game, but that's not because I think that. It, I think it's because it's gonna be the last game of the season, and I think the Bruins are gonna roll out a lot of people that aren't regularly in the lineup. So I could totally see them losing that game. I think they could possibly lose tomorrow night. <sighs> And then yeah. from there, I think they can win the rest. I think they do. I just hope they win on Saturday. Being being there and, and having a win is so much better than going home with your tail between your legs and probably half shit faced. And <laughs> I'll pray for Georgiev and Net for you. Yeah, thanks. Well, even though he's been really doing good too. <laughs> yeah, at least it ain't Shostakin though. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, Moving on to another topic that seems to be gaining some traction with a, a particular photo that Barstool Sports Marina Maharis uh, shared, and I, I had to share it on the Facebook and give her credit to it. But uh, it's uh, Mike Riley. Defenseman Mike Riley cannot catch a break with the high sticks calls. And last night's call against uh, Braden Shen, he has six penalties in his six games, and four of them are coming from the high stick. So this is this is the image I wanted to show you because I absolutely lost my shit when I saw this, but the YouTube uh, viewers are gonna like it. <laughs> my- <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> that is too funny. Shout out to Marina for that one. That's awesome. But it is true, man. He's just he's got no control of that stick, you know. And I I, I didn't see what when he put his back to the glass. I didn't see like there was a huge like whiplash motion that act would would actually move the stick towards the head like that. It was almost like he just brought it around like a like he would like whacked a home run and the and the bat just went flying. You know, it's like you got to have more control of the stick over that, and they're gonna call everything that's gonna be up in the face. You know, it's at the point now that it's getting ridiculous and. I, I'm sure fans don't want to hear this, but there there comes a point Riley's already there that ref you get a reputation and referees are looking for it now. And all it takes is now for for a referee's line of vision not to be exactly perfect and Riley have his stick up and the player just throw his head back and the call's going against him ten times out of ten. Yeah. So, like, Don Sherry's got to be losing his shit watching this because um, Don Sherry was as mean as any, as anybody and loved to play have his teams play mean, but it was keep your sticks on the goddamn ice and mm-hmm. you know. I'm, I'm going to put a shock collar on Riley at during practice. I think this is what Cassidy should do. He should put a shock collar on him. And every time he raises the stick above a certain point, he gets shocked. <laughs> That'd be funny. I'll teach him. <laughs> and and the, the, it sucks that, you know, somebody got sick to the face, but obviously Braden Chen's going to be okay. He's a, he's a hockey player, but 
did you notice that as soon as it happened, Mike Riley's face like, oh, oh, like, oh, shit, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> he got so, he busted himself right there, basically. <laughs> yeah, he's got to calm that down because especially if we do end up playing a team like Toronto in the playoffs, <laughs> I mean, God, you got to be disciplined. Yeah. You know, you're taking penalties like that. You know, I said the same thing about Frederick uh, Frederick last week. If he ends up taking, you know, bad penalties like that, if Clifton gets in there and he's, He's he's known for his high sticks too, so I mean it's just be disciplined, know what you're doing because if you face a team like Toronto and you're giving them that many power plays, you're screwed. Our penalty kill is good, but it's not great. And and to play these teams that are coming up in the playoffs and you're giving them a basically a power play and a man advantage, whatever you want to you know theme it, it's never good. And especially in the postseason because you know anything could happen the intensity the intensity goes up that much more in games like that so i don't know and speaking of the special teams here here's something that i just thought of that in, in a way that i never thought of it before but if the bruins don't figure out their power play teams are going to be more willing in the playoffs commit penalties against them in situations where they feel like they need to, if it's a scoring chance, stuff and something like that, they're, they're going to be more apt to be like, you know what? Sure. Take the power play because you can't score on it anyway. And they're just, I, I think it could end up hurting them in that way too. Uh, it's just a random thought. I don't know. I mean, obviously I have no idea if that's true or not, but um, right. makes sense in my head at least. You, you end up getting just like Riley getting a reputation with the referees, the Bruins power play gets a reputation amongst the other uh, 15 teams in the playoffs. And it's, hey, they're old for 28 on the power play. They just cannot score. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a shot at Patrice Bergeron standing in front of the net and take a two-minute penalty for it. It'll make him think twice about standing in front of the net again. And what have I got to worry about? They can't score. Yep. So, yeah, I can, I can see totally where Kevin's coming from. All right. Let's move on to the next one. I just had to take a screenshot of that because I love the background, Dom. Um, Bussy. It's actually Bussy. Oh, Bussy. Yeah. That's, that's, not, how, that's not as fun. Yeah, I know. But that's how Austin Roca, who does the play-by-play for the Providence Bruins on AHL TV, he pronounces it. So that's what I'm going with. Because he gets <laughs> that was so I'm, creepy when I was freaking editing the freaking thing. I'm like, oh god. Is he I, I swear. Is he behind me? <laughs> I'm gonna have to go and just dig six feet deep because one day he's gonna kill us all, I'm telling you. <laughs> I love it. Um uh the uh injury bug continues to plague us a little bit and um and uh, Bruce Cassidy does have to make some some uh, shifts on the uh, in positions on the lineup and so on. But I was I was really curious on your thoughts um, on the small sample size, but the thoughts of uh, Curtis Lazar playing second line versus St. Louis last night. Um, I'll I'll go first. I I thought he brought speed, grit, um, which. It was good, and 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 somebody to like uh, stick up for another teammate, like uh, like Taylor Hall and so on. When Liberties might have gotten uh, uh, taken on him, uh, Lazab was right in there in the face and so on. But um, not somebody that obviously Asenak coming back sooner or later. We hope anyway. 
but this isn't a permanent thing. But what are your thoughts on Lazar getting the call up, up in, on the second line? Because, you know, I mean, next man up mentality. And, you know, although he wasn't lighting up the score sheet or anything like that, I thought he made several impacts in the game, which are important to the coaching staff. You want to go first, Tom, or do you want me? Yeah. No, go ahead, Kevin. <clears throat> I thought, I mean, obviously it's not something that, you want to have obviously, but I do think he created a lot of space for Taylor Hall. He, he was kind of just running havoc in the, uh, in the offensive zone. And it kind of gave Hall some space to really get open, especially on that, on his goal. I feel like a lot of that is because of Curtis Lazar able to create that havoc and space for him to just be alone there. Um, so I thought he did a really good job. Um, I think I'd rather see a guy like McLaughlin get a chance there, even though it's still a small sample size with him. I just think he has a bit more offensive capabilities. Um, even though Lazar was, you know, um, a pretty high draft pick, uh, I still, I mean, it, it was what it was, right? I mean, he, he definitely made some impacts. You, you want to see, you just want pasta back. That's <laughs> we, we just want pasta back. Yeah. yeah it, it's, it, it it's funny. Um, Kevin mentioned like creating space for Taylor Hall. Uh, David Pasternak does that too, but they're so different that they do it in different ways. Pasternak is so skilled that he draws the attention of, of the opposition that mm -hmm. he opens up space for Taylor Hall that way. Whereas Lazar goes in and is not afraid to bang and, and cause, be a shit disturber and, and cause havoc, as, as Kevin said, and open up space that way. So um, both can benefit Taylor Hall, it's just, but I, I just don't think Lazar, McLaughlin, or anybody you want to throw up there is going to create near enough offense that David Pasternak does to to – make that line efficient mm -hmm. uh, i'm with kevin we want pasternak back and we want him back yesterday yeah Here, here's a question for you for both of you actually i was thinking about this with the third line cooling off here would you be interested in putting smith up there with Halla and hall until um pasta is able to come back for me no and i'll tell you why i i want that third line, the coil line, to work through whatever it is that they're going through. And to split them up uh, is not giving them that opportunity. But, uh, I mean, we need that third line being what that third line was a few weeks ago. And the best way to let that happen is let them work through whatever it is they're going through. And, and I'm going to totally agree on what Dom said, but I'm also going to add, I can see where you're coming from with the – the, the shooting mentality that Smith brings to any line, uh, especially on that third line that we're seeing right now, or lack thereof at this moment. I'm sure we'll, they'll get back together and be dominant once again. But, um, you know, I, I think that no matter the second or the third, he'd be, a, 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 you know, a really good um, positional player that can just throw the puck on net when he gets it and create opportunities. But he can do that on the third line as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I figured that's exactly what you guys were going to say. I just wanted to pose the question to get your thoughts. Yeah, no problem at all. Uh, speaking of creativity, lately it's um, 
you know, we haven't really seen much of, of Jake Dabrowski uh, on the score sheet, but I, I've seen many um, parts of his game when he has seemed like he's slumped a little bit lately. Um, it's not so bad. It's not like, you know, he's, he's, he's gliding out there, as many would say, and not trying. I think he's still involved, and he's still making those small impacts that are important. But last night was a great example of his creativity, uh, especially on the, uh, the, the overtime goal for um for Charlie McAvoy who was just coming in and called the puck called for it saw Jake had it behind the net and Jake was uh really good about getting his body position to keep the puck moving along the back of the wall to turn it around and and look out front for somebody that's coming in layers and uh what what we're seeing from Jake is just something special and and I, I just want to continue to like just say that he's con- just making me think a lot about what has been going on previously and he's he's fighting through this himself he's getting more comfort out there and with his offensive capabilities gaining more trust and so on and i think he really likes playing uh beside two players like brad marchand and and, and um and patrice bergeron so i hope this continues because that would just mean that he's just another valued asset on the line that could be dominant in the playoffs and when you can and if you can you know supplement that by more secondary scoring and get that third line running a little bit more uh, offensively and, and that uh, puck possession style and that grindy kind of play. I think that's a really successful, you know, soup for, uh, for a deep run. I'm, now I'm not sure about Stanley Cup success, but, you know, maybe, maybe a third round, maybe a second round. Who knows, you know? I have no issues with Jake DeBrusque. I haven't in a while. Um, He's he's playing far beyond uh, what I thought his best or what he was capable of being at his best. So no qualms. I'm more impressed with his goal last night than the setup of the the fourteen yeah, winner. Yeah. To to pounce on his own rebound and in a split second have the the hands and the vision and the ability to recognize, hey. I've got last less than half a second here to pounce on this and roof it upstairs the way he did. Yeah. Uh, not many, not many NHL players can do that, and and he did it. So um, I was far more impressed with that goal than I was with the setup. Yeah, that's. No. I, I was going to say that. I mean, the the hands he had on that. I mean, to be able to elevate it that much under the bar that close that takes serious skill that's not that's nothing to you know i mean because if you think about it it's like you got a little disc and you know you got a stick and you got to do something with it and what he did with it was beautiful i mean it it was just a gorgeous goal i mean if don didn't say something about it i was going to even though i just did uh it it was so fun to watch i mean in Another thing about that uh, McAvoy goal in overtime, Charlie Coyle, I mean, he put on a ton, a ton of um, uh, pressure to make that happen. He really stayed with the puck, and he was a big yeah. reason for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know I know about the uh, the, 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 uh, the Jake DeBrusque goal and, and that one. Um, yeah, you just totally forgot about it. I was thinking about the uh, – the overtime winner, but yeah, Jake, Jake's um, 
hands and his creativity are, are, are all there. You know, that's the type of stuff you do see from a first round pick. You know, yeah. those attributes are freaking solid for him. And, and glad he's, uh, he's fighting through everything that he's going through, you know, and, and creating uh, opportunities for the Bruins to win. And uh, in that, I think that it makes him more of a complete player if he's making his teammates happy as well, you know. One big happy family. So do you guys have anything you guys want to talk about or just go right through this agenda? I'll go right through the agenda, buddy. All right. So we just talked about Jake DeBrusque. Uh, let's go. <laughs> we might as well um, jump right into it with the, with the our guest uh, back wall of the hour, and that's uh, Brandon Boosie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, with forward, uh, with Providence Bruins veteran goaltender Troy Grosnick with the NHL Bruins, newly signed Brandon Boosie has in, had an admir- admirable pro start in three straight games um, and he's earning uh, AHL accolades as uh, uh, the player of the week. Um, really, <laughs> I mean, I never really saw, knew about this player, but seeing him um, watching video when he was uh, at uh, uh, Western Michigan and um, and the way he's been playing lately, the, the first game was on Saturday. I thought he did very well. And then Sunday, shutting, shut, getting a shutout. And then last night, uh, he did have a rough start to the game against Lehigh Valley, but really fought his way through to better position himself and feel more relaxed um, in the crease and, and really fought his way back to help the Bruins get the uh, the uh, overtime win um, provided by somebody we'll talk about later on. But um, what I wanted to talk about, Brandon Boosie, is the is – the, you could see a lot of uh, Dan Vladar style in him. And you could see already that um, Baba Senza and Mike Dunham have gotten to him as a bigger goaltender and how to play at this level. Uh, and I think the way he plays his depth is a little bit different than he did in college. I'm not sure if anybody else has noticed that, that he's for a bigger goaltender, he's playing more in the middle of the crease and not at the top as much. And I think that that is uh, the t- from the tutelage of the two um, unbelievable members of the Boston Bruins organization that have control of the crease pretty much, especially when it comes to a development role. Um, but this this might be a sneakingly good signing for the Bruins management and, and something that, um, you know, prepares the Boston – I mean, prepares the, the, um, the Providence Bruins uh, for the playoffs and, and the rest of the season – because it, it, it to me, I kind of have a feeling that Troy Grosnick will be that third goaltender because of his, his experience. And and I think Kaiser and Boosie are going to be uh, or Busty are going to be um, uh, heavily reliant on 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 those two playing in Providence. Far from Bible, my words, man. Jesus. I have yet to see him play, so I have nothing to say other than. Don't tell Bruins fans that a goaltender is doing good because you know, <laughs> he's going to be expected to win them 20 cups. Go ahead, Bob. It's, um, we were talking about a bit about this before, or Mark and I were, before we started recording. Kevin was eating his first supper. He's eating his second now. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even eating when I came in. <laughs> so, I've been patiently waiting. I, and we've talked about this previously on podcasts before. The Bruins have got some decisions to make when it comes to their goaltenders, goaltending prospects coming up this offseason. 
what better chance now the Providence has clicked clinched to playoff berth. <clears throat> you know, they had uh was it three games in three days? Mark? Uh no, they played Saturday, Sunday, and then they played last night. That's three and four. Yeah. So it was a good opportunity to get them in there back to back to break to back nights, see how we can handle the situation, you know, and in some tight games possibly help the Bruins decide in what direction they're going to move in, in the offseason. Now, <clears throat> I could see them going with a Kaiser Busey or Bussy, whichever you prefer, uh, tandem for, for next season. And then you're looking for a goaltender you can throw in the ECHL for, for, for that year, whether – you know, whether they want to bring back uh, Caleb Booth or or Jeremy Brodeur or or whoever. Um, but they had to see what they had in them, and this was the perfect opportunity. So um, I think going forward, you might see a split in starts, um, and whoever takes the net uh, for Providence now is going to run it through the, through the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Unless unless they do that wacky schedule of three and three, I don't see that being a, a, a factor in the first round because it is a best of three. Yeah, and then the second to best of five, and then they go seven games the next two. Um, if they go that far, that'd be awesome because it, it hasn't been done since 1999, and um, that would be a tremendous uh, thing for uh, newly um, hired head coach, uh, Ryan Mujanel, who's, this is his rookie season behind the bench. I mean, he has been an assistant with Providence and, uh, other East coast teams and so on. And, and, and American hockey league teams out West, I think it was, uh, this, uh, San Jose Barracuda for quite some time. So, I mean, if he could, uh, capture a call to the cup, that'd be an amazing story. And he's done a fantastic job with, with Trent Whitfield and Matt, Matt Thomas. I'll, I'll tell you what to do in the off season when it comes to this goaltending conundrum, you trade, you, you trade Swayman in a package for dry to Edmonton. And then you have Jacob, the next Jacob Markstrom there in, uh, in, in Boosie. So you're all set. So there you go. That's, that's my horrible take. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin coming in here with the, uh, the world burning take. <laughs> you can yell at me at, at Kevin O'Keefe, 89. Kevin yeah, underscore. Oh, Kevin <laughs> underscore O'Keefe 89. Yeah, please. Dom, Dom's going to whack you. I love it. All right. Um, uh, today, the uh, Boston Bruins announced dates concerning individual and regular season awards. Uh, and I took some notes here. Uh, the uh, player awards on Tuesday, April 26th, the Bruins game, uh, before the Bruins game against the Florida Panthers, the Bruins will announce the recipients of the Eddie Shore Award the Elizabeth Dufresne Trophy, and the John P. Busick Award, and also the 98.5 Three Stars. Um, on, uh, also on April 26th, the Bruin post the annual Shirts Off Their Backs ceremony after the game. Um, and then fan appreciation is Thursday, April 28th, when the Bruins take on the Buffalo Sabres at TD Garden. And the seventh player award is also that night. Um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to bring one of these up is uh, obviously the last one that I mentioned, 
Um, why don't we get into it? Because I'm not sure. I mean, we're gonna, probably going to do a show, but if we don't do a show next next Wednesday and and bring it uh, and do one for the on Saturday or Sunday as a as a playoff preview, let's get it in now. Who is um, our seventh player award winners as of right now? Let's Eric go. <laughs> uh, it's Eric Holler for me as well, but unfortunately, I don't think he was a choice for the voting. I believe he was. Was he I not? didn't see him. Nope. I, I didn't see got, him. I thought it got added. Oh, if it got you added. Could be wrong. Yeah. I just I thought I saw on social media he got it, but I could be wrong. Yeah, if he got added, he absolutely should be yeah. the seventh player award because he has stepped into shoes that are very hard to fill. Now, uh, that's not me saying that he's playing as well as David Krejci would have. That's just me saying that he is doing a phenomenal job. Um dealing with the blow of losing a player like David Krejci. Yeah. Now that's, that's from a real realistic world from all of us, but when you consider a fan vote, is it going to be a popularity contest as usual? Because you know, a bunch of people are going to be out there going, Jeremy Swayman should get it. I mean, if, I mean, I mean, if Nick Ritchie can win one, <laughs> I mean, Eric Halla can win 20 of them. There so. you go. That's a valid here's, point right there. Here's my issue with it. Any, I'm not saying that the media is any better, but you would think the media would know better. Any vote that you're require, requiring fans to vote on is is always going to turn into a popularity vote. Yep. I think you I think you should talk take the Boston hockey writers association or whatever it is and have them vote on it or or just let me decide yeah there you go you know, i love it or he'll whack you all yeah i'll whack you all uh, but i otherwise it is going to be a, a popularity contest and I, I think they tried to eliminate that by giving people a choice of who to vote for without making 25 guys eligible for it, but it's still going to turn out to a pop into a popularity contest. That's true. Was Jeremy Swayman an option? I don't, I didn't even, I didn't even know about. I honestly don't remember. Yeah. I never saw the list. If Jeremy Swayman is an option, I could see him winning it because, you know, he's already won 10 cups in the minds of Bruins. (laughs) So I love it. I mean, uh, I'm just speaking facts. No, I know, I know. Why don't we take our break right now and hear from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's your one-stop shop for all black and gold hand-signed stuff, like hand-signed jerseys like this. Jerry Cheever's fully authenticated jersey that we're giving away today. We're giving this away today, folks. And also hand-signed pucks like Rick Mennington and so on. We're giving that one away today as well. Um, but let's listen to him and we'll talk on the other side. We got some more Boston Bruins hockey talk to go. So stay tuned. And I can eat my chicken. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, that. You have to keep oh, it. Oh, 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 <laughs> Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. We are proud to have hosted Bruins legendary enforcer Stan Jonathan. 
Score with a black Jonathan JSA authenticated jersey with Big Bad Bruins inscription for just $79 delivered. Or take home a Reggie Lemelin black or white Bruins jersey with two inscriptions and JSA for just $79 or a Lemelin JSA puck or photo for just $34. On April 24th, we've got Jerry Cheever's and Miracle on Ice gold medalist Dave Christian. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! All right, Bees fans, we're back. We just heard from Bruce Sullivan, the amazing Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Like I said, he's got all the needs that you need to uh, to get that fan cave spiced up with uh, some more Bruins stuff and hand-signed items uh, from like Reggie Lemlin and Johnny Busick and 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 uh, Jerry Cheevers and even Bobby Orr and, and uh, Derek Sanderson. So if you uh, heard his uh, information that you uh, – that he – provided please uh write that down go back and write it down and get in touch with him because he's got some stuff for sale and and it's really good and the cheap prices too by the way nothing's outrageously priced um anybody can uh, look like a professional uh fan cave when you shop with bruce sullivan and boston sports and music memorabilia all right we're back we're talking bees and uh we're uh the agenda points us to boston bruins prospect john beecher and he had a big game last night against the visiting Lehigh Valley Phantoms. He scored his first goal of his pro career and added the game winner in overtime, 5-4 to four victory. Um, and boy, did he look good in this one. This is technically his third pro game. I believe he got into Saturday's and Sunday's game and also last night. So that makes three for my name is Ray Math. And I thought that he really turned it on for the better when he got that first goal. His game elevated so highly. Uh, he was absolutely buzzing everywhere, and particularly in the overtime. He was one of the, the players that were heavily relied on to create some space and get a shot on net coming in the layers. So um, good on him to finally, you know, finally got to see him. It, it's, it's, it's been a, a year or two that we've all – well, I've thought that he would sign early, but – the national championship uh, this season and being with a really heavily stacked Michigan club was important to him. And I, I, I can't blame him. You know, if you've got a chance to win a, a college championship, you go for it, but uh, it's really good to see his pro level game. And I hope it continues because he's to me, he's still a, a solid chip for a bottom six forward on the Boston Bruins NHL roster. And it's good to have him at least locked up on the ATO with the Providence Bruins uh, he has not signed an entry-level contract quite yet, but I think if I ask the man to my – Dom, the ATO signing, does it mean that he can be eligible for the playoffs? And if he signs an ELC, he cannot be eligible for the playoffs? So I, I thought oh, I no. read something. He's eligible either way. Okay. Um, he, he's eligible either way. It's just... Callahan, what does his contract start uh, next season, I believe. Next season, too. I'm trying to find an example of an ELC. 
Um, I read it on Twitter, so it probably wasn't true. No, uh, like, um, didn't didn't McAvoy sign an ATO? No. He signed an ATO and then had to sign an ELC to get up to the NHL because they needed him. In the we talked about a last podcast. We'll use Kyle Kaiser and Jack Stadnik as an example. That's right. That's right. We're under ELCs came up once the OHL season was over and bam into the playoffs. Yeah. So I, I don't know who's spreading that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will say this about John Beecher because I've been as tough on him as anybody uh, about his production. Uh, through college, but <clears throat> every other aspect of his game was just fine. There was, there's no issues with it. John Beecher is a creature of confidence. And when he has that confidence, you see it in his game uh, tenfold. And, and I think that's what we saw yesterday. Um, after he, he scored the first goal, you could see, you could see his confidence just go skyrocket through the roof. And he was just that much better. <laughs> I will say this about the overtime goal, because I've seen a lot of different comments on social media about it, uh, uh, about the perfect shot and this and that and the other thing. And I'm sure I'll have people shit on me over, the, over saying this, but that shot is not going in on an NHL goaltender. I mean, that that's my opinion. Uh, an NHL goaltender is not giving up that shot 99 times out of 100. Still, that's not taking away anything from him because he was that much better once his first goal came. Not that there was anything wrong with his game before that. I, what I saw from him is... He's gained every game. He was gaining more confidence, and it was more or less. It felt to me personally that he was stepping away from a really stacked uh, Michigan team that was heavily relied on a lot of other supporting members like Owen Power and Pat, uh, not Pat Brisson, but Brandon Brisson and 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 those types of players. But now that he's turned into a pro, it's like it's it, you know the spotlight is not all on that team anymore. It's now it's like. He's moved on to the pro level. Now it's time to really, um, you know, work hard and 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 do as much as an individual as you can to, you know, to be a, a a piece of notice that the Boston Bruins can still keep tabs on you and so on, you know. Because I, I like I said, I still think that he's going to be a decent piece, but he's not going to light up the score sheet every freaking night. But he's he's possibly in the future going to be that bottom. Um, uh, six forward that could just make those impacts like 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 a Trent Frederick, you know, he does have offensive capabilities, but he do- doesn't always use them. So, you know, and he's, and Beecher's a big body too. And we've seen him, you know, even in the AHL, he can land some decent hits in, in, in the NCAA when, you know, you, you have face masks and everything, but he was still laying some pretty powerful hits, questionable ones. Yeah. But still powerful ones, but, you know, I think that he's still going to be a decent member of, of the Bruins organization in the future, regardless of, of his point production. We'd love to see him get more, obviously, but work in progress. Now, how's his speed been at the AHL level? It's been good. I mean, I, it's not it, it's not explosive like Mer, Merlakoff. Oh, Merlock, oh gee. Okay. Merlock. Dom, hit me up. Yorgi Merkulov. Merkulov. That's, that's right. Me, dude. I know. I love it. That scares uh, but, me. <laughs> but uh, nothing like him. I mean, 
uh, Yergi, uh, he's got absolute just top-notch speed. I, uh, the first game I saw him play, uh, I was like, wow, this this guy can move in this league. It really didn't take him long to to navigate through traffic and so on in a uh, in a mixed league of of, uh, of ages, not just uh, NCAA players that are traditionally 18, 19, and 20 and so on. But I thought he did really well. Uh, edge work is just unbelievable. Um, yeah, he's in another solid piece that the Boston Bruins have under – under lock and key for a little while, at least. If the Bruins can build a bottom six for the future that has size and speed. But uh, no, good on Johnny Beach here to uh, get his uh, feet wet and so on. And and I, Ryan Mouchanel and his coaching staff are going to continue to work with him and, and his offensive capabilities. I think he's going to be a, a solid piece. All right, moving on. The Oh, yeah, the uh, – has the Boston Bruins defense taking a step up in uh, play recently over some troubling times, including three straight games last week when they lost to Washington, Ottawa, and St. Louis? Um, and can they can this blue line stay consistent even without Hampus Lindholm? I thought the past couple of games have been really good. The way that defense played last night, they could shut down any offense in the league. That's just my opinion. I'm still going to say that the two teams that scare me are Carolina and yes, Tampa. I'm I'm not afraid of I'm not afraid of Florida. I'm not afraid of Toronto. I I I'm not afraid of the Rangers offense like Kevin. I'm afraid of Shesterkin and what he could do, yeah, um, to to steal a series. Heck, he's capable of stealing a Stanley Cup. So, <laughs> I wish I could have seen Boston and Carolina with a healthy Lindholm on the roster to see what kind of difference that would have made. The rumor has it. Uh, Lenius Allmark is uh, could be good to go this weekend versus the Rangers or on Montreal on Sunday. Um, that's good news. Uh, moving forward to get your go- your goaltending tandem back on track, um, ready for the playoffs and so on. Um, should we should the Bruins rush him back or and to get him in some games, or do we take it easy with him as well? Yeah, the Bruins don't bring anybody back unless they're ready, especially when it comes to concussions. And we're just assuming that that's what Allmark was because of the way the, the, the puck hit him. Um, the Bruins learned a long time ago with Patrice Bergeron, you just don't rush those back. So if he's not ready, he ain't, he ain't going in. If it were me, I would start him against the Rangers and then start swaying against the Canadians. And and the reason why I say that is, you know, there are one A and a one B, but Allmark is coming back cold. You you want your number one starting and getting the guaranteed two points. You don't want to waste his start in a game that you could lose. You you right now you want the guaranteed points, and that is against Montreal. So you give Allmark the start against the Rangers. Um, with it being an afternoon game, I also think Allmark 
is better in afternoon starts than than Swayman is, if I remember correctly. So, okay, <laughs> that's what I would lean toward. Yeah, um, yeah, because for me, Allmark is the guy I'm going with game one of the playoffs. Um, I would have I mean, agreed with you until until last night, Kevin. I really would have. I, after last night, I don't know anymore. I'm still, I'm still going all Mark. I don't want to see. I mean, I, I don't want to see. And, and this is not to say that this would happen, but I don't want to see Swayman get thrown into something that maybe he's not ready for. Um, like Toronto, <laughs> like that Toronto Maple Leaf start. Yeah, I mean, it's. I I don't know if he's ready. Um, yeah, he's having um, you know a good bounce back here, but I I don't know. I don't know if that's the goaltender that you put your trust in. I mean, I understand Alenius hasn't had any um, uh, playoff experience as well, but he's got a lot more NHL experience under his belt than a Jeremy Swayman, and I think they've been neck and neck this entire season. Uh, Swayman's pulled away for a little bit. Allmark has pulled away for a little bit. It's been pretty back and forth. So I, I say go with Allmark for at least the first two games, see what you have there. And if you need to make a switch, make it then. I, I would definitely agree, uh, Kevin, with you on the comparables on their regular season success and so on. But for me, and, and this is not a knock on, on Jeremy Swayman, and I'm not hating and so on for the listeners out there. Who think I do because I want I, I I wanted to see him go to Providence and everybody else was like no you're gonna ruin his career if you do, but I mean you see in the last couple of games that he's had to stand you know stand up and, and next man up and so on I got to be that guy in the crease now until my buddy comes back, but it remains the same that Swayman still has kind of a sketchy record against playoff teams that are currently involved right now. And that to me is a bit of a concern. And yes, I am a little bit nervous about what I saw against the Toronto Maple Leafs when, um, you know, there was a lot of pressure. His original six matchup, his family was involved. It's Toronto and Boston. We totally get all that. It's really hyped up. But when the playoffs happen, that intensity goes up too. And that's just got something in the back of my head that just, you know, a little bit of a concern, not, it's not the end of the world. I'm thinking it's just a little bit of a concern about uh, a goaltender that's young and hasn't been in the league for a long time and just coming into the postseason for the first time. Omar has been around a little while and, and hasn't seen any postseason success. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a bit of a gamble on both goaltenders right now going into their first postseasons, but you know, if you have to look at the records and, and who's playing well against uh, playoff teams, you you kind of have to give the nod to, to Allmark on this one because he has been be- the better goaltender, especially coming down the stretch, in my opinion, before what happened with the the the, the shot off of Oscar Steen's stick into the uh, side of the head. No, it wasn't Oscar Steen. I'm sorry. It was um, Froden. Froden. I was the Swedish thing. As you, you know. <laughs> But anyway, um, I agree with what you said, though. Thanks, buddy. Even though I fumble, you still agree. I love it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, that's it for uh, topics that I have. Is there anything else that you guys want to bring up before um, any particular matchup that you're concerned about coming up for the week? I, I don't I, I think the only one I'm particularly and, and this is with the teams 
you know, actually playing, not, you know, putting in subs and so on and so forth. Because I think that's going to happen for, you know, maybe the remaining two games or so, uh, or maybe just the last. But I think for me, it's tomorrow's game, the Pittsburgh game. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I have a bad feeling for the Bruins on this one. I don't. I just, I just want to see the continued improvement <clears throat> to towards a sixty-minute effort, um, playing the right way, playing the system to a T, and you know, as long as I see that, I'm happy, win or lose, um, because I know it won't be a full roster. But I want to see that commitment and that continued commitment and continued improvement. Uh, heading into the last five games after tomorrow night. Here's a good question for you guys. If the Bruins were to be overtaken by Washington and become the last wild card instead of the first, would that be kind of beneficial? Because then you're playing Florida, even though they have a lot of regular season um, success here. That's a tough matchup for me. Florida is just a, a wagon, but Jesus, Kevin, you hit me hard with that one. I mean, it's like, are you more worried about Carolina um, or or New York or Florida? Like, out of those three teams, who is the least – which team is the least that you'd worry about? In, from least to worst, it would be the Rangers, Florida, Carolina. That's mine, except for I have the Rangers flip flopped with Florida just because of Shostakin. To be honest, he, he's just he really scares me. <laughs> yeah, he scares me too. But the, the the Bruins have played the Rangers great this season. I'm not sure what the final record was, but they played them well. They played Florida well. Um, they've actually played Florida very well. They have not played well against Carolina. It's like, what was it? 18 to one in three games? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but with Carolina, I feel like (laughs) we never had a fighting chance against them. I mean, we had Rask, who was clearly just not all there health wise, probably for probably even in that game. He probably wasn't, he probably was feeling what he was feeling in that game. Um, not, and that's not me putting the loss on him. Of course. I mean, it takes an entire team to lose and, um, you know, and they didn't have Lynn home. Um, you know, I, I, and then the, the other Carolina game, uh, they didn't have Patrice Bergeron or Brad Martian in that game. Um, and they were just kind of all out of sorts. Uh, I mean, I, I wish I could see another game between the Bruins and Carolina where the Bruins have Lynn home and they have their other pieces intact. We won't we won't be able to see that unless it's the playoffs, and that's pretty scary. So, but we never saw Lindholm against the Rangers. We never saw Lindholm against the Panthers, um, and the Bruins held their own against them. And wasn't Marchand missing in one game against the Rangers? I don't remember. <laughs> no, I don't either. Yeah, for so, me. For me, it would probably go Florida, the Rangers, and Carolina. So my my easiest path of resistance, or not, it's not going to be easy, but uh, would be I, I'd like to see the Tampa Bay Lightning Boston Bruins series first, get it out of the way. 
I'd like to see that too, to be honest. I mean, I, it, with the skid they're on, I mean, honestly, it, it's playoff hockey's completely different. They could all turn it on. They're winners, they're proven winners. Um, and then yeah, you that, have that series is a, is a virtual impossibility for it. To yeah, at this point, yep. Um, yeah. but, and then you have Vasilevsky as well, which if you're scared of Shesterkin, you should very well be scared of uh, a guy like Andre Vasilevsky. Um, it's, it's, it's the East is just so, well, yeah, the East is just so stacked. It's tough. It's going to be tough. I mean, I, if a team wins in the East, wins a cup in the East, that is going to be a well-deserved cup win. Yeah. I mean, that is going to be insane. Um, I mean, because uh, whichever team makes it to the Stanley Cup Finals in the East here, oh, man, they could just get pummeled by who comes out of the West because they're so broken and battered by the time they get there. You never know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. For sure. Now, speaking of the West, what do you guys think of the Vegas Golden Knights? Oh, I laugh every day about it. Oh, boy. What's going on with them? They fall on a pot. Yeah, they just trade away all their draft capital, all their, you know, all of their um, uh, their assets that they do have, you know, to go after that big fish to continue trying to win a cup. And now they're not even going to make the playoffs, it looks like. so. I don't know, man. It's like injuries really, really killed them this year. It's, it's yeah, just it too bad because um, I like the team that, we're, that they were building. And – you know, you talk about the Bruins being a hot team since uh, January 1st. Look at the Vancouver Canucks uh, ever since they brought in uh, Bruce Boudreaux as, as coach. 30-13-5. and five. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. And if not for that stupid loss last night, I would have given them a shot to overtake L.A. and make the playoffs. Right. Wow. Because they would have been four points out with a game in hand. And then they had to lose in overtime last night. Yeah, that was a hell of a run, too, by um, by the uh, the Canucks. Yeah. I was going to get on the action of that last night uh, against Ottawa. Yeah, and Ottawa beat them. In yep. overtime. Killed Damn them. It. How did Seneshin do? He, with, uh, he, he, he already got sent down. Oh. Yeah, so he played... He played a, a game or two, and then the uh, on EP transactions, they had him going back to Belleville. Wow. Interesting. So he played in two games. I want to say he played in two games. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but I know he was up for at least one. They just don't want to have that pick turn into a better pick for the Bruins. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's rounder, you know. Exactly. <laughs> All right, boys, if you guys don't have anything else, let's wrap this mofo up. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think I, I have anything else. Yeah, I, it's uh, the only thing I got is after watching Kevin eat, I got to go have some cheesecake. <laughs> some cheesecake. <laughs> that actually sounds really good right now. Yeah. And damn you, Dom. <laughs> you going to give some cheesecake to your imaginary friend as well? Uh, my imaginary monkey? I really <laughs> did apply to get a monkey years ago. but No way, I, huh? I got turned down, man. Were you, were you going to call it Spank? Uh, spanky. <laughs> oh, Spanky. Yeah. Could, could you imagine a monkey on Dom's shoulder as we're recording? I'm well, having I'm a hard time getting a bussy. A boosie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can name it Boosie. There you go. When you get it. 
Name a boosie. Be like, come here, boosie. Yes. Give me a boosie. Come see Kevin. He's eating. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Mark to hold his banana up there. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you guys kill me. Yeah. All right, let's, let's wrap this up before it gets too crazy. Um, we do have a Patreon account that I'm going to put up right now. We're going to tell you about that. For $1, you get uh, in uh, eligible to be into the monthly jersey giveaways and uh, Bruins hand-signed stuff like pucks and pictures. We give that stuff every week, uh, away every week and the monthly jerseys every month. So um, the winner of one of the hand-signed pucks is going to go to our boy Andrew Taverna. Congratulations <laughs> to Taverna. Uh, he, he's been a longtime Patreon uh, supporter. Truly appreciate him. And he, he actually won a jersey a couple months ago, an Andy Moog one. But anyway, it's the big, big day. Jerry Chivas is getting shipped out sometime this week. And it's going to, I believe, the um, uh, the New Brunswick or New Brunswick area of Canada. This is going to Mark McDonald. Mark, congratulations. Thank you very much for your contribution. Truly appreciate it, buddy. And I'll send this out. Mark. I'll send this out as soon as possible. Mark's a fantastic supporter. He he he's the one. He's the admin that has Bruins for Life on on Facebook, which has twenty five thousand members. So shout out to him and congratulations on that. And, and again, boy, yeah, that's right. He's got a beard that's like down to his feet. I'm not kidding you. Really. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's been in like uh, he's been to like award shows for the longest beard. It's it's kind of a cool story. Wow. Uh, yeah, but anyway, well, if you want to get more, Kevin gets that? hungry, he could probably find some food in there for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if you want to get involved in the hand signed jerseys and Bruins prize giveaways, the information is right there for the YouTube viewers. And please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast for our audio listeners. We certainly appreciate it. But anyway, thanks again, everybody, for all the support. We truly appreciate that. And thanks to Dom and Kevin for joining me on back on a Wednesday recording, which is good. I'm on vacation, little, little relaxed, little time with the dog and the wife. So totally excited about that. And, uh, okay. Hi, Winston. Yeah. In the background. No, he's downstairs recording. Dom's just sitting there pointing at his background. (laughs) For what? And honestly, I feel nauseous from that comment, Dom, about eating out of somebody else's beard. That literally is making me feel like I'm sick. No, well, go have some cheesecake. I don't know. I'm not eating anything for the rest of the night now. Thanks. All right, boys. All right. (laughs) Go bees. Go bees. bees. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to Productions LLC at gmail.com. 
Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at Black and Gold Pod, at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out. Mm-hmm.